I've had this song stuck in my, my head all day. I've said, hey, hey, I've said, hey, for no blondes. It's a perfect soundtrack for the bottom Welcome back to our fourth episode. That's right. Coverage of Sense Eight, covering episode four. What's going on? That's that's the title, by the way. It is the title. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm very excited to talk about this one with you, and we thought we'd shake it up a little bit today. Instead, I mean, we're still going to go through and talk about what each of our lovely Sense Eights are doing. But, Camden, you made a suggestion. What would you like us to do instead? Beforehand. Oh, to talk about uh, which sensate was our favorite yes. slash which part was our favorite mm-hmm, mm-hmm, in the episode. Mm-hmm. Although it might be easier to do yeah. after reminding ourselves of what's actually <laughs> what in this episode. Actually, of what's going on, quote And to be honest, we'll probably have the same answer for this episode. Really? Mm-hmm. Do you know yours off the top of your head? For this one, yes. Really? Yes. Who? Oh, just tell me. Oh, the character? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that. You don't know? I mean, the scene. I know the oh, scene. Oh, the scene. I thought you were talking about the character. Yeah, the scene is like, hands down, definitely going to be the same. Okay. All right. Fine. We'll get started. You ready? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to start off with Wolfgang because he's finally come back and made an appearance. We did mention that the last episode, episode three, he was not in it at all. And luckily enough, they start out with him. So him and Felix are essentially trying to find a way to sell the diamonds that they stole. Yeah. And they meet with this nice Jewish man, older gentleman, have a discussion about their mothers, and he's pretty much just like, yes, I will, uh, I know where these diamonds came from, which makes them, like, really difficult to move and sell, um, and I can't, there's no way I can, I sell, I can sell them as is, um, I'd have to recut them, and they'll be a fraction of what they're worth, and they're like, yeah, do it do the thing and then they kind of haggle with him and then uh felix tells Wolfgang a really gross sex story about the first time he had sex when he was 14 years old and the whole premise of this is uh, the first time he had sex he had to go out and buy new shoes because he was a man (laughs) yeah you like that that was my impression of him and he has, has the same feeling now that they have sold some diamonds and made a bunch of money as he's like i need to go shoe shopping wolfgang come with me Oh, it's gross. Yeah. But, you know, it ends strong. Yeah, yeah, then they it go does. It's just the wording, really. I'm just like, ew. Yeah, yeah. You're gross. Icky. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so they go, they go shoe shopping, and with Wolfgang in this one, he's, uh, I think the only interaction that he's had so far is with Kala, and they've just seen each other. Yeah. Um, up until this episode. And then in this episode, he, he he's getting kind of snippets of um, what's going on with Coffeeus when he's trying on shoes with uh, Felix. He thinks that there's like some mud or rocks in his shoes and he's like, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And that's the same time that something's going on with Coffeeus and he's walking around in mud. And then he gets the same sensation when Felix declares, hey, we're going to go out and kind of blow some money and just no limits tonight. So they go to a fancy restaurant and while they're toasting, um, Wolfgang feels like he has been, you know, strapped to something 
and that's what's happening to Nomi right now in the hospital. So mm. he's kind of finally getting, we're getting a little bit more of his story, but we're also getting some glimpses um, of, you know, he's finally kind of making connections. And I find it interesting that he makes, I feel like he, he makes connections. Obviously, they will all make connections with each other at some point. But with him, um, kind of in terms of like, it, he doesn't see people as much. Which makes sense, because out of all of the sensates, you will come to find that he is definitely the most secluded one out of the cluster. The quietest. Quietest. Definitely the, the most um, individual one. He, he really does keep to himself. So, yep. And mm. let's see what else happens. Oh, yeah. They go to karaoke. They do Super go to karaoke. Drunk, and they have cute little dance moves, and they get him to go up and sing. And we'll let, we'll just leave him there for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, next character, who do you want to talk about? Well, I think Nomi is a pretty important bit in this one. Yeah. Although she really doesn't show up until the end. Until the end. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. Um, is, this isn't the one where is this the one where she gets her surgery moved up? Yep. So she does have a scene. Yep. Where uh, they're like, we're gonna do it right now. Yeah. Because yes. asshole. And uh, mainly the point of that is that Will connects to her mm-hmm. and uh, manages to uncuff her from the uh, from the hospital. That's right. You know, when they're like, bed. Will's good at getting out of handcuffs. Comes into play. Yep. Yeah. And uh, then she, she runs out and is saved by Amanita, who mm-hmm. is posing as a nurse. And that's, I mean, that's her whole story, but since it is the very important climax of the episode, yeah, it sticks in the brain. It's also incredibly it, stressful. Yes, and it and it's really the first uh, mini arc of mm-hmm. the show finishing yes. as something that started pretty much... Episode well, two Well, the episode two, yeah. She's um, been in the hospital since episode two. Well, as we said with Nomi before, uh, her plot is early, mm-hmm. and, you know, this is the most... Stressful, dangerous so part stressful. of her her plot in the whole season, uh, and for the rest of it, she'll be on the run. Mm-hmm. She'll be all over the place. Um, but this is the only time where she spends such a sustained time in one doing place. one thing yeah. yes, in in one place, and so it feels like uh, something has been accomplished, or you know, the show has reached a new point. I think when she gets out, yeah, because it's like now we're about to see new things well Plus, it's also you'll, you'll see new things for her yeah in terms of her story because she's no longer in the hospital it's like where do we go from here but it's also new in the sense of we've been talking about for the endings of each episode they've kind of been building towards this, this where the first big action interaction is with sun and coffeeus but as you explained it um it's more like sun's defending herself it's not like she's actively yes. seeking Coffeeus to help him in his situation. I mean, he does say, help me, and then she fights, but it's not like there's any real prior knowledge of what's going on with the situation and why he needs the help. Um, yeah, but in this instance, Will yes. has been told yeah. about her, and he actually has seen them, you know, looking looking up Nomi yeah. at one point. So he is trying to look into it, yeah. and then he, well, he's still sort of subconscious, but he, you know, actively uh, wakes up as her and. Mm-hmm rescues her and then afterwards he says oh my god what happened you yeah. know it's like what did i just do yeah uh, it's so it's not like as deliberate as it might be later right but it's definitely you know he he made it a bit more of an effort and definitely 
seems to trust Jonas a little bit more. Yes, and as opposed to the self-defense, like you were saying, he's yeah. not he's not like blocking incoming blows and mm-hmm. uh, then turning them around on other people. You know, he's he's actively taking control of her body, s- standing up and you know yeah. getting out of there. Essentially, yeah. it's it's some nice practical effects going yeah. in there when he stumbles and then it he hits the door and the mm-hmm. door opens and then it's Nomi stumbling out. It's really cool. So I love that moment. That's a great moment in the series because it's like you're already having this cool favorite scene that we have with the sing-along. But then it's just yet again another like, oh, here's the potential of what they can do to help each other out. And it's just as, I think, equally thrilling and exciting as the fight scene when uh, Sun takes over for coffee. And I think it's more explicitly clear that they're switching out to help each other. Well, there's this uh, connection created. Mm-hmm. Between her escape, mm-hmm. Nomi's, and the the singing, yes. in that it occurs where the singing happens, and then right afterwards is is her escape scene, and then yeah. the song does come back yeah. to bookend it at the end. Yeah. But because of the way it's done, I think when, at least the first time, you know, when we hadn't seen it as much, mm-hmm. you think back on this episode, and you just think, oh, that's the one where they all sing and Nomi breaks out. Yeah. It's sort of linked together in your head. Yeah. And I love the way it works because it's so celebratory, this karaoke sing-along, yeah. that theoretically it should be the thing that happens like at the end. Yeah, but, but it's instead not. it just happens and they all, you know, for the first time have an all eight moment of connection mm-hmm. and it's like it finishes and you feel what they're feeling now of like, mm-hmm. oh, we've entered new territory, uh, we really all connected. It's not just pairs. It's not just right. seeing individual people. It's like there's a sense of all of them at once. And as soon as that happens, suddenly uh, Will breaks Nomi out. And yeah. It's like they've unlocked their potential or something. They've through, leveled through up, song, guys, through, through the power of karaoke. <laughs> and um, Yeah, and Amanita again gets Best Girlfriend Award, which is great because, yeah. you know, She's like, oh, this is the tricky part. We got to get out of here. And they escape. And uh, we've talked about this before where Amanita is like on the board from she knows more or less what's going on. Mm -hmm. I mean, she doesn't know what's going on, but Nomi is keeping her informed about everything that's happening to her. And so she's unlike other side characters who are um, living or associated with the Sunsets, like Amanita is fully thrust into that storyline and so it's nice to see her get her out and you just that's the other kind of fun of it is at the end you know he's like oh my god this song it's been stuck in my head Amanita's like the perfect soundtrack for lobotomy and it's like that's how it ends the episode is Nomi being like what's going on and it's fun because it's like not only is she now on a new path for her story, but Amanita is going to be there, and both of them are going to try and figure it out together. So that's kind of exciting to be like, okay, you're back mm-hmm. together now. Now go be a dynamic detective duo and solve this. Yeah, none of the others they they don't have moments like that where they get to turn to their best friend slash significant other person. Yeah. And say, you know, I don't know what's happening to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, what's going on? Yeah. Because the others just don't talk about it in quite that way. Right. The closest I think you get is Will sort of trying to talk about that stuff to his Diego. To his partner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's framed differently, though. Yes. Like, I have a problem to solve. Yes. 
you know, they don't have that kind of relationship that right. would allow him to be that open. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So who who else who, who else we got? Oh well, there's six others. Yes. So it's we true. should probably remember some of them. Uh, we've got Sun, who is essentially covering covering up her bruises from her yeah. awesome Fight Club, and um, finally finally gets a hold of her father. There's a lot of flashbacks of her as a little girl mm-hmm. with her mother. Her mother being like, "Don't be jealous of your father and his relationship with your brother. Like, uh, I need you to make sure that." essentially her mom passes on the responsibility to her to constantly look out for her her father and her brother and that's kind of been the thing that she's been struggling with the whole time because it's revealed that um essentially there's been someone stealing from their company it's embezzlement and it's her brother and her dad knows about it and hasn't really been addressing it and she's like it's too late the auditors know you can't work your way around this to fix it Mm -hmm. And um, her, she essentially, I think, is sent by her dad to go and retrieve her brother. Yeah. And that's another fun moment of she is just a badass and the bouncer should have never messed with her. But she goes to a sex club to grab her brother because she knows exactly where he's going to be. And I think I wrote this down five times, but I was like, <laughs> Shunki's just such a brat. <laughs> I hate him. He's the worst. <laughs> I put that down a million times. It so is. well done, Mr. Actor, who plays that role because... You are. You seem like a delightful person, but your character is terrible. So <laughs> good job. <laughs> but um, yeah, so she goes and she retrieves her brother, and her brother is just like mocking her when they go back to her dad. And then he he just won't take responsibility for anything. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, it's not my fault. It's like I'm. Not, you taught me how to do this. It's your fault you did this. He's like, no, it's your fault. And luckily, I have one child who's looking out for our family. And her brother doesn't understand, freaks out, doesn't want to go to jail because he will once, you know, they release this to the public. And Sun has the unenviable position of the solution, which is she can take her brother's place and own up to it and say that she did it strictly on the basis that she is the daughter and nobody really knows about her or what she does in the company, which is... She isn't part of the face of the company yeah at all in any capacity and people don't really know about her because her father doesn't really talk about having a daughter in the company and it's just like it's really tragic that's like oh yeah you can help your brother simply because you're almost a non-entity in the company Mm -hmm. so it kind of sucks and puts her in a terrible position but that that whole situation has finally been revealed and now it's set up for her to make a decision of whether or not she wants to take the fall for her brother so that's pretty much her storyline. Um, I'm trying to think who else we got. There's some big ones, you know. Yeah. I mean, what's that? You know, there's Kavius there. Yes. He has a very big one of he's running on a high of kicking ass, taking names as Van Dam. Their bus is very popular now. The widow has returned with her <laughs> ring, very pleased and feeling very safe to ride. And Van Dam. Yeah, they get stopped by the police, and it's, it's the police scare the shit out of me in this episode. And I don't know if you'd like to continue. Oh, um, Kavius is invited to speak with this uh, gangster man. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Silas Kabaka, that's right, that's mm-hmm. his name. And clearly knows who he is. Yes. They both know who each other are. Mm-hmm. And he wants Kavius to do something for him. I won't say what it is. 
Uh, so to prove his, his value or his task that he's going to do, he needs mm -hmm. to transport a backpack from one location to another. And um, if he does it, he'll get medicine for his mom. Yeah. Uh, so obviously Kavius is going to do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he didn't actually d do it in the episode, did he? No, he's no. just been handed yeah. it. So, we can't talk anymore about that. No. Awful spoilers. Yeah, the only thing that we really need to know is that there's definitely been some infighting between um, this gangster, Silas, and the superpower group that yes. Kafius essentially took on. And so the reason why he is under Silas's radar is because of the Van Damme thing. So, he's famous and that is helpful. He's like a local celebrity, yeah. which is really helpful and beneficial to his, you know living as a bus driver but at the same time it's put him into even yeah. more danger because he's getting pulled in yeah to deeper clearly where he shouldn't be yeah and um obviously though he's gonna do it for his mom for his mom yeah so at this point though he you know the decision that's made right here mm -hmm. makes it very hard for him to uh, turn back from it later i think yeah. you know and most of he doesn't get to make many more decisions about this kind of thing after this point mm -hmm. it's just kind of stuff that keeps happening to him yeah which sucks yeah so but we do get the infamous van damme always comes back yes from his his buddy bella yeah. he's just like it's yeah it scares me it's true <laughs> um just all that like all the police and the gangs really really scare me because they're they're super intimidating and i'm just like and Kafius, that's when Wolfgang gets that flashback as Kafius is walking and, like, his shoes are getting muddy because he's going to go see Mr. Kabaka. And yeah. it's just really scary. And it's just uh, just another obvious, you know, uh, I guess. It's, it's, it's obvious that there is some severe corruption going on where he lives because the police pulled him over so they could escort him to meet a gangster. <laughs> so, yeah, fun times. So what was uh, what was Kala doing? Uh, Kala oh, is discussing her wedding. She's this? discussing yeah. her wedding. Uh, you get to see a little more of Rajan's family, who is not great. I love that scene though. Um, it is funny. It's just another one of those great sensei scenes mm. with these weird, one-off characters. Yeah, there are these two like wedding planners, and it's again another example of Rajan being really cute, but it's annoying because he's nice and it's not his fault. Yes. But um, they're discussing the ceremony and how long it's going to be and how much it, it's going to cost. And the, the two uh, wedding planners are essentially like, hey, um, because uh, you wanted to do rings for the ceremony, it's going to be like over six hours now. And just so you know, like it's a Hindu ceremony. There's no rings. And Rajan's very adamant about wants the ring. he wants a ring because he wants everyone to know that he is married to this woman, which is very sweet. And they have to bribe mm -hmm. the... Uh, yeah, the, the more money you give to <laughs> the priest, the shorter the ceremony. Yes, and his father is not pleased <laughs> about He's any like, of it. He's like, how much to pay for no ceremony <laughs> at all? And they're like, they you all go, afford it. Ah, 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 what ah, a not ah. aggressive comment you just made. Yeah, exactly. But they are great. They're yeah. just, it's like they have so much power for some reason. Yeah. That's why I love them. Yeah, they just they're laugh really so much. funny. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's also showing kind of this push-pull between tradition and and from one end with Kala and the and mm. the ceremony and then there's also the kind of the pull in the other direction with to a lesser extent Rajan who just wants to wear the ring to symbolize you know his love and commitment to Kala but also his father who um who is not down for any of this no yeah so uh anyway 
then Kala goes to a temple and she sees that Rajan's picture, his father's yeah. picture, is in the temple, and one of the uh, priests is essentially like it's got a nice speech. He's the the enemy. They're gonna, you know, they're they're gonna take away our rights because they 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 essentially kind of have a hold over some politicians who could make some policy that would get rid of these temples. Yeah. Um, so that's something to kind of tuck away for future use. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty much it for her other that's than, her. you know, the singing part. Yeah. So. But there's still Riley. Yes. Who I believe got the call from her dad. Yeah. Which is an interesting ex- point because yeah. it's a great example of something. I mean, partly because we didn't watch with subtitles or anything when we first watched. Yeah. And it's a phone call. Yeah. But it's a voicemail, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. a voicemail. Doesn't matter. I mean, it's just coming through through a phone yeah. the sound. But I think I barely processed this scene the first time. Same. Because you don't you don't really know her father or mm-hmm. her that well, and she's just getting this call, and then you don't see her father until three episodes later, I believe. Yeah. So now I we know her father later. Mm-hmm. Like her father. Yes. And his voicemail is very sweet. It is. Where he uh, tells her that. He's going to rejoin the symphony, so he wants her to come see him. Yes, and his first he, performance. Yeah, and he in Iceland. In Iceland, <laughs> yeah, he's joined the, he's rejoined them, and um, he says something along the lines of like, I know it's really hard for you to come home, but I'd, I just would love to see you there if you could. Mm-hmm. And again, it's one of those things where you're like, oh, that's really sweet. I don't know what's going on with her home life and why <laughs> she isn't in Iceland. Um, so that is also. Similar to Kala, just a, another setup for down the line. But uh, the only other thing that happens to her is um, you have Bambi and yes. his name is Shug. I looked it up finally. Mm-hmm. Um, she gets interrupted uh, a good night's sleep because they are having sex and she intercuts with Kala and Kala freaks out. Who's much more upset, yes. Yeah, Who's much more upset. Riley is annoyed enough that she leaves. Yes so she can prep for the karaoke sequence. Yes, yeah, so she can go out to the park and just smoke, and she's the one that cues up the song. So. Yes. Although, you know, it's it's kind of confusing. It's like, so Wolfgang choose the song because she cued the song? Yeah, I know. That's a, that's a head-scratcher right there. She's going to think, about think about too much about these things. Yeah. <laughs> so. um, and then uh, I'm trying to think of, there's, there's not a lot of, mm, there is will? actually some will. Now that I'm thinking about well, it. Well, I mean, Will's main thing, of course, is, is saving Nomi at the end. Yeah, but, but he meets he up also, with Jonas. Yeah, he goes to try to see Jonas. He tries to see Jonas. They won't let him see him. Yeah, and it's interesting. I re- that's another thing. I like the side character of, like, Will's family friend. He's mm-hmm. calling in a favor from one of these guys who works in the building where they're holding Jonas. And the guy is great and is just... <laughs> it's, it's when son is going to see her brother. And she's kicking ass, and yeah. Will goes down the hallway with her, and they kind of intercut at some point. And then it, it kind of has an effect on him because when he t- goes to talk <laughs> to the family friend, he's speaking Korean. And the guy's like, I didn't know you spoke Korean, Will. And he's like, oh shit, like I don't. He's so um, friendly. Yeah, he's so cool about it, too. But then, you know, Will's like trying to get in to see Jonas. Yeah, exactly. He's like, and he's like, dude, that's not cool. No, we're friends, but, you know, this is vibe I always get of like, not cool, bro, to yeah. come in here and try to use our. Yeah, family it's friendship. one of those things where he's just like, I can't, I can't even help you, man. Like, I'm sorry, you could have uh, phone call would have saved you the trouble. You know, putting me in this position. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think he's like angry at him, but he is kind of like a little annoyed. Like, dude, you know that's not gonna fly. Yeah. Like, we can't. That's that's too much pull to ask for one person to a favor. Um, 
And then there is that little like beat of like them talking about Will's dad and how great of a cop he is and how popular yeah. he was as a cop. Still is. Still is. Still a great cop. He was a great man. Um, Still is. Yeah. Then Will does get to talk to Jonas. Yes, uh, and there's a very important some sensei exposition. Yeah, he gives him the, the exposition in this one it's about... It's very rapid and it's kind of hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. But he's explaining the difference essentially between um, visiting... Uh, between and sharing. And sharing. So when you... <laughs> This is important for later down the line, I promise. But when you are visiting, you can have sensates visit other sensates. Um, and so that's what's going on with Will and Jonas, is they're visiting each other. Now, they're not part of the same cluster. So sh- sharing is only happening within the cluster. Yes. So Will can't share anything with Jonas in the sense of, like, he can't start doing, like, karate moves. Yes. Or, you know... They cannot access each other's knowledge or skills. Yeah. They can still see each other, but they can't do that. The only way they can do that is if they were in the same cluster. And there is still sensation involved. Yes. In um, visiting, because, you know, Will Will can feel the cell walls Mm -hmm. where Jonas is and all that. Uh, So they can experience things. They just can't experience them as if they were in a cluster uh, within. Yes. Yeah. Uh, The other important thing that he mentions is um, you can only really visit if there's some sort of like he said eye contact, which I'm not sure exactly how that works. Yes, that's what he says. He says that if you're not in the same cluster. Yeah. That you have to make eye contact uh, in person with another cluster yeah. member, and then once you've done that, you can always visit each other. Yes. Which is very important. Which is also very important because that will definitely come into play later. And so. even more in the second season when they For sure. expand on the uh, ramifications of that, essentially. Yeah. But just very, it, it's it's funny because it's like it's very quick dialogue, and it's it's kind of it's a little philosophical too when he's just like, there's a difference between like visiting each other and wanting and needing and all that fun stuff and you're just like what's going on but it's very very important to know that there are differences with how sensates can communicate with each other within the broader context of things and within their cluster so super important definitely so little little flag there for you jonas gives very nice exposition mm-hmm. i always enjoy his little scenes yep and then he's like go find Nomi. she needs help i'm not kidding go help her <laughs> i told you once yes I'm doing it. But you hit so. me with your car instead. Yeah. yeah. It was rude. It was rude, but I'm also like, it's like, oh, you, you scamp. <laughs> he's too zen. He's he's yeah. like, it's fine. Yeah. We do these things when we become sensates. Mm-hmm. Crazy. It's true. It's true. And now I guess that that's pretty much it in terms of their their storylines. There's one more The only character. one left is Leto, and he doesn't uh. really have much of one other than it's yes. the next day after he's had that scary, creepy lunch with Joaquin. And he's talking to Danny about it, <laughs> and he's doing the same complaint he always does. He's like, "That's my, that's a my special, space. my sacred space." And Hernando just calls him out. He's like, "I thought this was your sacred space." He's like, "Well, it's you my, know, but that's my career. You my know, other what I sacred mean. space." And uh, and then Danny is really being really funny, being like, "No, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you, Lito. That doesn't sound like him." And then he's like, "Oh yeah," and then he put like a knife to my throat. She's like, "No, that definitely sounds like him." Yep, and then he keeps kind of not like he, he's in the wrong place because what happened to him is scary he is getting threatened by someone but it's just so funny that they're Hernando and Danny it's not that they don't take it seriously it's just that he's 
so desperately vying for attention and wants to discuss his feelings mm-hmm. on it and they're too busy like bonding over <laughs> Hernandez um ceviche I believe is what it is is what he made mm-hmm. and Danny is really into it and it's just funny because like Lito's a little bit of an attention hog and then he's not paying attention and then gets very jealous really quick being like oh I'm sorry Hernando I liked your food too as soon as Danny's like Hernando it's amazing you're amazing you should open a restaurant yes it's a nice moment for her you know to pacify the situation as Mm -hmm. Hernando is clearly irritated yes that Lito is not uh, commenting on his food yes it's cute it's also kind of a fun little like subtle hint that like Hernando's um, feels unappreciated. Feels unappreciated, and also, Lido is kind of flippant about um, what he means when he says his sacred space. He's like, "My work is very important to me." Yes. So like, well, and Leonardo's like, "Well, so is your home." And he's like, "Yeah, but my work." Lido has not really. He he thinks of everything that happens to him as very important and a big deal, and yes. you know he's going to have to make some decisions about uh, what actually matters most to him. Yeah. Instead of just. Uh, Making it all about him all the time. Yep. <laughs> essentially. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, that's pretty much that. And I also like that scene because it shows you just the kind of the again the development of their those three characters, their dynamic with each other because they have such an interesting relationship. But it's I think it's really fun to see that like Danny is just a so thrilled to be there and B is just it kind of fills in the gaps where like yes. Lido's not really paying she attention. She is filling a role. Yeah. Uh, you know, before she kind of forced her way in there. Yeah. And she's demonstrating that she has value as as their friend and isn't yeah. just there for yeah. no reason. And she gets a lot. I just like it whenever her and Hernando are bonding. I think yeah. it's really cute. <laughs> well, they have a lot of bonding to do since Lido is a just a handful. Just you a know. bit. Yeah. So anyway, that's pretty much his story. He's not really in it. It's basically that scene, and then he's in the karaoke scene. Um. So, do we have anything more to say no. about the karaoke scene? Uh, oh, yeah. Since it is both of our favorite scenes. It is. I think we can say, obviously. Um, we talked about it before when we were discussing Nomi and Will and everything. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, this is just the the big moment. You know, it it's is, the most it's famous scene from the show. And uh, the, the conversion point for so many people. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I've seen in a few cases the opposite, the this definitely isn't for me moment for yeah, a few people. Yeah, the divisive moment. Yeah, although, you know, it, divisive, I think most people like it. Um, I think in the sense of, but like... But if you don't like it, it's definitely not the show for you, probably. I think it's that point where this is very dramatic and obviously a generalization. That I think this would be the point where you, after you're like, I've committed four episodes and I'm done. Mm-hmm. If you If you didn't like the show, I think this would make sense to me if this is the point where you stopped. Because this is really the spirit of the show. The entire show, I think. Yeah. And we have these moments at the end of each episode mm-hmm. so far. And as we've discussed, most of them have been fairly stressful. We did get our exciting action scene last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think this is the really the first one. It, it harkens back to the first episode, which is the closest example mm-hmm. to it at this point. When uh, Riley sees and meets well, but before that when she takes the drugs and the song plays and it all gets very uh, magical and <laughs> seeming and it's all slow motion and everything. And that's that feeling of, of inspiration like 
uh, the the tone of the show essentially. Yeah. You know, it's 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 wonder, mm-hmm. and the show then gets a little bit more into the the plot of it and the stressful bits in the next few episodes. Right. The karaoke moment sort of pulls it back to that feeling that represents the show. I think yeah. of um, the joy that comes from that connection, not so much just the scary bits. Right. Essentially. It's not. Yeah. It's not. I love it when they take the time to slow down. And it's not like it's essential to the plot, but it is essential to, like, the theme and the character. And that's what's so great about it is when you're watching it. I I mean, every time I've watched it, I just kind of have this big stupid grin on my face just because it's so fun to see all of these characters just sing along to this song and just kind of where they are at in their lives at this point and just it's great I like it's like you get a little snapshot to check in on all of them and yet they're starting to check in on each other too yeah I love that you know Leto you see Leto singing yeah he's like in bed with uh, Arnando and 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 Danny's there and he's a little stressed he's sort of like he's thinking I don't know what I'm doing and then you know you also get like Nomi of course she's in a very stressful situation she's sort of mumbling it under her breath yeah I think she's kind of like almost sedated at this point but I love that Kavias uh, is also in a very stressful situation, and yet he doesn't look stressed at all. No, he's driving he just belts home and out, living life. You know, that's that's Kavias right there. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, my like another great part because on a whole, the song is just perfect, pitch perfect in terms of the episode and what they're trying to get across for all the characters starting to slowly realize that there is more to the, what's happening to them than meets the eye, and they're starting to connect more. Uh, but within that little context, you also have Kala and Wolfgang have a really sweet moment where, damn it, every time he sees her, it's just like puppy dog eyes. It's so cute. Yeah. And she pops up and... Um, it's their equivalent of the Riley and Will yeah. meeting at the beginning. Yeah. It's their They're couple intro. They haven't actually <laughs> technically talked to each other yet. Yeah. They're just singing along. I love really how instant cute. it is, though, because, of course, we've talked about them seeing each other and everything. Yeah. Which is easy to talk about in retrospect. I don't think it would really stick in the mind the first time you saw it. Yeah. Just one of many connections that are being made. Yeah. So it kind of comes out of nowhere, but for some reason, the instant uh, he sees her standing there mm-hmm. while he's singing, you just you have you know exactly what kind of plot it is. Yeah. You know you know, you know that it is a love. Yeah. Connection between them, and it doesn't take long. You know you don't even have to get to the part where they're singing together. Yeah. It's just as soon as she appears, you can tell that it's different than other connections that yeah. have been made. For sure. Yeah. It's instant. From it's their cute. looks. Yeah. From their acting looks. Yes. You, know, you don't even their need their eyeballs and that words. chemistry. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Um, yeah, the, no, the first time I saw the, this scene, I was like, this is great. This is fantastic. Because, yeah, you can use their connections um, f- with action sequences and helping each other out and different skills um, but then you just have these fun moments of connection where you're just like, you don't need action to see them all together. Mm-hmm. And it's really, really great. And the song is awesome. Well, so. the reason it's so representative of what people like or don't like, I think, is mm-hmm. because it's just going to do that kind of thing more and more. Mm-hmm. You know, Sensei loves montage. And I know some people that don't like the show. Mm-hmm. I've heard this description like... The show will stop to do a music video <laughs> in the middle of its episodes is mm. how I saw it described more than once. Mm. And I understand that because there's parts, uh, particularly this will come up in the Christmas special, I guess. Yes. The show is kind of 
taking a extended break to just let us watch the characters enjoy each other yeah and have fun and that's definitely not how most uh television works certainly it's not that as weird and you know a more artsy film sort of way but usually television is supposed to just go right <laughs> and have plot and not linger so much um on the the mood of it all and sensei does so you know particularly decadently with its very high budget and its yes it's nice cinematography and everything where it just luxuriates in that kind of thing and that's why i think it's hard to explain why it's it's good and you know people some people just won't like it and some people do mm-hmm. because it really is not an explainable show it's it's something that you feel or you don't you you do just like those characters you don't i think since the whole thing is obviously about connection mm-hmm. between everyone and these eight people are basically our stand-ins for that you know if if they all love each other this much essentially mm-hmm. then i think you know the wachowskis would want everyone in the world to be capable of that kind of connection yeah and so these kind of montages are important just because they demonstrate that which is really the the point of it all yeah. i mean we're, we're coming up on this finale here on the mm-hmm. show and i expect that the priority will be that kind of thing yes. in wrapping it up you know they'll they'll make sure the plot threads are not left hanging too much i imagine yeah but the main point will be to leave you feeling like you've experienced an ending with the characters yes because it's really oddly more it's more about their individual stories in in that way mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah it's like they they all come together uh because of the big arc mystery conspiracy plot mm-hmm. but what's more important really is how where they each end up on their own you know you, i think if the show got all the seasons they wanted regardless of how it ended you would probably see the plot wrap up and then you would see them all be able to go move on to their own Mm -hmm. individual lives and see where they ended up because it really is about that so you know what else can we say about the karaoke except that of course it's the most famous part so we peaked essentially pretty much no that's not true we haven't <laughs> peaked at all um but it is it is definitely a highlight of the entire season it's the anthem it's the theme song yeah the and they even they're even self-aware of how popular that scene yeah. became because they they definitely make reference to it in the next season and they put it to good use every time so thank you for non-blondes mm. very pleased yeah uh that, that i wish we were ending on this and i feel bad that i didn't come up with what I'm about to say sooner so we could have ended on karaoke but I did notice uh, this time I watched it that um, obviously you have Will when he's going in to try and call him the favor from the family friend he's yeah. like oh I didn't know you spoke Korean and then you have uh, another similar comment made when Kala is singing her little heart out with Wolfgang and um, I don't know if it's her sister or it's a relative I think it's a relative. Yeah. Like interrupts her and it's like, Oh my god, Call, you're singing in English at the top mm-hmm. of your lungs. And it's it's funny because it is one of those shows where, um, obviously the the cast is international but the everybody is speaking in English. Because yeah. that's I don't yeah, I mean that's just well, I'd say they the they speak in English unless there is a reason you need to know 
that they're speaking not English. Yes, but that's the thing is you have to kind of understand that. Oh yeah, that's that makes sense. We're getting it in English, but it's mm -hmm. not technically in English. It's it's and the reason it only comes up really or in earlier episodes generally mm -hmm. is that it comes up when they don't understand each other fully. Yeah. And they're talking other languages to each other. Yeah. But later on, obviously, they don't even really think about that kind of thing. Yeah. They just communicate. It's great. I like it. Yeah. It's just another, like, fun point to make about how universal and connections they have is they <laughs> they have such a deep connection that mm -hmm. not only can they access each other's language, but they don't even really need a translation to understand each other. That kind of thing so is a... Yeah, it's, it, I think it, it ends up nice as a thematic thing. Yeah. It's a tricky thing because, you know, certainly the, it would be more ambitious, it would be more um, real to try to do it in eight different languages. Yes. Or I think actually it wouldn't be eight different languages. It, it would, would be, be uh, six. It would be six, yeah. Right. Something like that. I have to go through it. But um, really, the logistics of doing it that way would be ridiculous. Yeah. Um, for everything from you know g translators all over the place to having to do you know s the subtitles eight mm -hmm. different languages and also some of the actors are not actually uh, fluent in the language that their character yeah that too that too I mean some of them are for sure like I know definitely like Wolfgang and Son they are both German and South Korean so they can yeah speak well their I mean languages. Lido would be fine I Lido think. would be um, fine but they have like people have even also and Riley and Riley yeah. yeah. Um, Who are all both fakers? Yes, they are. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's a it's a good episode. It makes me happy. It gets whenever I watch it, it always makes me want to watch the next episode because not only am I so excited that you're getting more connections, but it's really the momentum of the plot. Like, I mean, this is kind of the end of the first act, so to say, speak the first part of the yeah. entire series. And so it's like, all right, now we're gonna hit the ground running and see what more they can do with each other. Now that Nomi's kind of loose and free mm -hmm. in the world and on the run yeah there's not there's no immediate pressing danger for all of them anymore mm -hmm. you know they can refocus a little bit on the, the individuals without that always glaring in the front of your mind yeah but Sorry. I know you were sad we couldn't end in karaoke mm. but we can end on our MVP of Sense8's yes. idea yeah who do you? Who would you pick? Who for is your the MVP? best one? Who is the best one? Who was the best one? That's a good question that I'm not going to stall on mm. when I think about. Do you? Well, we could do an MVP <laughs> of the Sensei, and then we could do. Oh goodness, we should give it like an award name, but it'd be like side character. Oh yeah, award. I think you could discuss other people too. Yeah. Makes sense to start yeah. with Sensei. Yeah. So who would you pick? Who's your fave in this one? Not so I much fave, but who who does a good job in this episode? It's hard to pick. They all do. Yeah, it's sort of a tricky one because it's one where you get little pieces of everyone. Yeah, there's and not like it's not really devoted to anyone like the previous two yeah. had a heavier focus. Mm -hmm. um, I might say that maybe Wolfgang yeah. for this one. You, could, uh, you, could, you would pick Wolfgang? Yeah, because I just he gets a good number of scenes and I enjoy him. You know, he's there with us when Felix is being gross yes. to be like... I think okay, we all buddy. know he's a little grossed out too. Yeah. Uh, I like the he the scene with the shoes mm -hmm. where he gets the same black boots mm -hmm. because he likes his own style. I enjoy that. Yeah. We get his silly dancing. Yeah. Uh, and then of course he is the instigator of the karaoke. It's true. So it's hard not to give it to him Damn, considering no one else has a real focus. It's like Nomi and Will have the biggest scene, but you know Nomi 
doesn't actually contribute much. <laughs> and <laughs> step up for the karaoke, Nomi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think Wolf King is a good enough pick for me. This is one where there isn't really a clear answer. I don't think. Yeah, I was gonna say probably between uh, Wolf King and Sun because like Sun, you know, gets to kick some ass a little bit That's with true. the bouncer, she and she gets to drag her brother in. But I think you also finally get you you fully understand what she what's going on with her in this mm -hmm. episode. Like it was hinted at heavily before. But the fact that now she is stuck with this choice to make is really devastating to see her in this position. And, uh, yeah, it's nice to see that, you know, she's obviously got a bit of an action star role in this series, but she is also dealing with some serious emotional work, too. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and well, side characters. Well, I think the clear side character winner is Amanita. Felix. Oh. Oh! Well, I mean, you know. Amanita literally rescues Nomi. In this this is true. I just. It's oh. not like she's in it much, but like. No, no, she gets the award. Yeah, award again for best. For most helpful best significant other. I understand just from a, a screen time, you know. Yeah, I was gonna do Felix in terms of like yeah, Nomi obviously does a. I mean, it's a good need one for Amanita, Felix. and it's good, but like Felix gets like a little bit more time to shine in this one. But I, I have one in mind for later when I will pick Felix. Okay, I just love. And it him will involve a certain character known as young felix oh my god I love felix. <laughs> baby felix so great perfect casting i was gonna say felix oh man i just love him even with his creepy sex stories i'll also give a shout out to uh i believe it's jella yeah i don't know how to say it yeah, um for holding on to the van damme and screaming at the top of his lungs as it drives down the road. Yeah. I'm loving it. Being like, oh my god. Yes, and he gets Woo. hit by the leaves. Yes. And he, he says, like, the leaves are the blessings of my ancestors. Yeah. He is pretty <laughs> stoked to be having all these customers. It's great. But yeah. And of course, for even less than sidekicks, it goes to those two Indian wedding planners. Yeah. I like that. I like that. We're the greatest. They're, they're wonderful. Yeah. You couldn't tell. And, you know, retroactively, it went to that weird guy. We wanted to mix his booze with the sleeping pills. Yeah, the gas station two. attendant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throwing that down. I like it. Anyway, yeah, we should start doing these awards at the end. <laughs> we'll have to do, like, Sensei, any any side characters, and then any one-off characters that we will probably never mm -hmm. see again. So, all right. I think that's it. I think we covered it. I think so, too. Woo. Okay. Right. Signing off. This has been Vicky. This is Camden. And thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Watch out, watch out. See, I went lower. Threw you off. <laughs> if you guys liked our show, please let us know. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And also feel free to contact us on our main website. That one is grumpyoctopusproductions.com. Then I'll link you up to all of our social media. You can follow us on Twitter and or like us on Facebook. And you can reach out to us at our email account. That is grumpyoctopusproductions at gmail.com. I think we're sensing a bit of a trend here. <laughs> um, also on the website, you guys can check out all of our episode and production notes and fun little extras as well. So, as always, thanks for listening, loyal listeners. Alrighty, signing off. <laughs>